overwhelmingly what we were reaching out to was HR managers and directors or CEOs, CFOs, and COOs. You know, we go through LinkedIn, we do sort of these targeted, you know, LinkedIn has tools to, to be able to target your search down by employer size, position, and all these types of things. We'd find these lists, hone down these lists, and then we just work through them one by one. So sometimes people, especially in the HR space, will list their email address right on their LinkedIn profile because they're they're trying to recruit people for positions. And, and so that ended up being a great avenue for us to, to get email addresses and, and get in touch with Grab a cup of coffee, a notepad, and a pen. Coffee's for closers only. It's time to talk marketing. Stick around, pal. I still got a lot to teach you. Each week, we bring you some of the best marketing conversations with entrepreneurs who are outthinking, outperforming, and out-earning their competition. Show me the money! No frills, no fluff. And now your host, Jonathan Taylor. All right, welcome back to another episode here. I am Jonathan Taylor. Today we are talking with uh, my guest today, Gabe Priev. He is the founder and CEO of Incent Fit, a startup company that uh, actually pays people to exercise. Very unique concept, and he's going to be sharing some uh, takeaway lessons specifically on marketing because he is in the B2B market. Just to give you a little background about Gabe, uh, after um, after studying industrial engineering and operations research at UC Berkeley, he went on to consult for uh, several companies, including Boston Scientific, uh, United Airlines, and some other companies. Uh, he wanted to further his people management and operations skills, so he took a position at McMaster Car as an internal consultant. Um, he left there shortly after to pursue his MBA, but decided to drop out and pursue something that he really loved, which is Incent Fits, the startup company. So we're going to learn how kind of how that transpired, uh, what led him to launch Incent Fits, and uh, he's going to be sharing some uh, really good lessons with us today. Gabe, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing a little bit of your time with me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I, I gather just from your bio, you're already somebody that is a an exercise. We were just talking before the uh, interview. Uh, loves to um, loves to get out and run. Uh, you're pretty. It sounds like you got a pretty active lifestyle. You love to travel. You like to uh, you like swing dancing and stuff like that, which is I think is really cool. So I'm sure that plays into a lot of this company that you've launched and sent fit. If you would, though, share a little bit about how you came about this, a little bit about your background, kind of what led you to create this company, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what this company is about and what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there, there's kind of two forks in the road that, that met, uh, that sort of created this, this company. Um, the first is that, you know, I've always been, like you said, an, an avid exerciser, mm -hmm. you know, runner, uh, swimmer, swimmer, bike rider swing dancer, um, go to the gym a bit. So I've always sort of had a very active lifestyle and, it, and, and when I'm not exercising, I always feel severely drained and just quite honestly not as happy. So it's always been sort of a core component of, of my existence and, and really for a lot of my friends and family as well. And then when I was working at McMaster Car, you know, this is a big company, they have great benefits. Mm -hmm. And one of those benefits was that they give their employees access to uh, a free gym membership. And so 
But the way they do it is smart. Rather than you know employees submitting the receipt, the employees have to actually go to the gym. So every time you go, you get three dollars, mm-hmm. up to thirty dollars a month. So if you don't go, this doesn't cost the company anything. Right. And if you do go, they're paying thirty bucks compared to salary is is just nothing, right? So you can go as many times as you want, but they cap it at thirty dollars. Oh, okay. I see. So after gotcha. your tenth visit, you're, they're not going to keep paying you. Right. And, and the cost of that gym was was thirty dollars a month. So if you're going, it's free. And mm-hmm. if you're not going, then you, then you know you pay or, or you know it's on you. So. I thought it was brilliant, but the problem was that I personally couldn't use it. So I, I have a very active lifestyle, uh, and it didn't work for me because I couldn't make it to the single gym where mm-hmm. this program would work at. And, um, you know, I was an internal consultant, so I worked in a lot of different areas in the company. Um, and wh- when I got rotated through the finance and HR section, I saw what it meant to actually administer this benefit. <laughs> and and it's, it is an insane amount of work. I mean, you're looking at attendance logs for each employee, keeping track of that and, and you know, Excel spreadsheets, making sure you're not overpaying and not missing visits. And then, you know, then you got to cut the actual payments out and, and handle accounting, handle payroll, all of those different components. And, and so I started to understand, first off, why they only do it with one gym. And second off, just the, the amount of work that goes into managing something like this and why a lot of companies shy away from it. And so those two things sort of combined for me, and that's where sort of the modern idea of incentive that came around is, you know, what if someone created software to actually make that whole process a hundred times easier, more engaging for the employee, more rewarding, more fun uh, for, for the employees, making it into an, you know, a better benefit at the same time as taking away all of the administration for the company. So that's where you come in with, when you talk about software, this is a way of keeping track more or less of those employees and how often they're participating in those outside activities, going to the gym and, and exercising. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we had to create technology to, to verify and track this stuff. So, so, you know, you have to, we have to make sure that the employee actually goes to the gym and, and, and do that in a way that's easy for the employee. Uh, at the same time, it's accurate enough that the employer doesn't have to worry about, you know, cheating or creating any bad habits or amongst employees. So, you know, we do that through geolocation, sort of think of like Foursquare being able to check in yeah. the gym, but, but you actually have to be inside of it. So you can't, can't be across the city. <laughs> can't be at your couch at home. You have to be right. inside the gym. Is this like a mobile base where it's a, it works off like an app? They check in through their app when they're at the location? Exactly. Yeah. So we, we maintain a network and sort of a listing of all the fitness facilities in the country. And uh, we know exactly where they are on the map and how big they are. And so when you go there with, with the Insensit app installed on your phone, you just hit record attendance. Within a few seconds, the phone knows exactly where you are using your location. And if you're inside of a gym, it will then prompt you to, to be able to get credit for that gym. Right. So the, the whole process takes no more than you know, 10 seconds for the employee sure. each visit. But we're able to verify accurately that they're there. And we can actually, if the, if the employer wants it, we can actually track that they stay there you know, 15, 30 minutes or whatever they require. Right. That they didn't just scan or, or check in and then head next door to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So when you came up with this idea, how did you, you know, your background is obviously in industrial engineering. 
uh, operations research. So did you have some connections for putting this software or this together or what was the first step in getting this put together so that you could kind of take this and market this to companies? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So so it's funny because when we first started, you know, we didn't, you know, I had, so the first thing that happened, of course, was I sat there and thought a lot about this. And I was thinking about this before I left uh, McMaster Car and, and I ended up, uh, it ended up just kind of consuming me. So I was spending like, you know, eight to 10 hours a day out inside and outside of work, just thinking about this concept, doing research on what exists in, in the space and sort of how to, uh, how to bring this to market. And in the process, I, I met um, my two co-founders, uh, Jared and Will, the initial co-founders, and uh, and that's sort of where we, you know, then it became a group project. And before I knew it, I basically felt like I had no time for, for my proper day job anymore. And uh, so we left. And shortly thereafter, we, were, we got investment by uh, Blueprint Health, which is an accelerator and uh, investment fund based in New York that really focuses on health technology. And quite honestly, as, as a first time founder, um, I didn't, we didn't like none, all of us were first time founders. We didn't really know what to do. You know, we, we started launching a website, started building a product a little bit, but we didn't really know how to, how to sort of attack the space. And, uh, and Blueprint Health was actually instrumental for that. Um, because they basically told us that the first thing we need to do even before building a product is really hit sales and marketing. So uh, that was, you know, I think before we got into Blueprint Health, we were sort of floundering a little bit. Um, And then, you know, learning a lot about the space and sort of talking about it and and thinking through it, but not really achieving results yet. And once we got into the program and they pushed us to just go start talking to clients, get in front of members, get in front of users, um, that's, that was really when, when things started taking off, uh, just getting that face to face with, with potential clients. Yeah. So what is part of that sales and, and marketing process? I mean, because your biggest, uh, let's back up. So what is the primary target market that you look for? You look for, I mean, is this large organizations or, you know, there's obviously some kind of target demographic that you all are looking to, uh, you know, to, to target, to hone in on. So how did, you know, how did you kind of map that out to begin with? And what are some of the things that you do did to um, kind of get in front of these uh, decision makers? Yeah. So, so in, in the early stages, we're sort of researching the size of the market and in the wellness industry in general, uh, we identified that the SMB, the small, medium sized business market is really uh, where we thought this was best suited. Um, and the reason being that, a lot of the bigger companies, you know, the Fortune 500 type companies, uh, they've already been doing wellness initiatives and they've been doing it for a long time. And their wellness initiatives tend to include all sorts of different things from right. mental health to mm-hmm. smoking cessation to all these other things. Whereas in a small, medium sized business market, you know, really between 50 and 1,000 employees, uh, overwhelmingly, what they do uh, for, for wellness is offer gym discounts, gym reimbursements, flu shots, and wellness newsletters. Um, and out of that, sort of the, the gym piece is, is 
it's highly prevalent. It's something like 60% of companies uh, in that demographic will, will offer some sort of a, uh, a discount or mm-hmm. some sort of a program. And so we identified that market um, and we wanted to start there. Now, of course, nowadays we do have major clients on board as well with, with uh, you know, 8,000, 10,000 employees, but uh, that's never really been our top focus. Right. Now, the way we got in front of them in the, uh, is really by focusing on email outbound marketing. Mm-hmm. So we sort of identified our target persona, uh, you know, as benefits lady uh, in her, you know, mid to late thirties working at a New York uh, technology company with, you know, between 50 and 500 employees. We, we got really narrow with it. Yep. And then we basically just scoured LinkedIn for, uh, for people and just sent them emails. And we were especially focused on New York because that's, you know, that's where Blueprint Health is. So we, uh, we were based there and we wanted to really get face to face with people because, you know, as, as a, as an, as a very early stage company, the, you don't know yet what you don't know. Right. And there's a lot that you don't know. <laughs> so you, you, you really have to get in front of the users and in front of people and understand, you know, how they think, how they talk about it. Uh, you know, what, how, you know, I asked a lot of our early prospects, like just describe back what the program is because mm-hmm. I wanted to hear what words they used to describe it. Sure. So like one of the big things we learned was they didn't, we, we kept trying to call it a fitness reward and no matter, because it is right, it's a reward for exercise, mm-hmm. but no matter what the, the prospect would always come back to saying a gym reimbursement. So, uh. so, so we still call it gym reimbursement because that's how the clients want, want to talk about it. Right, right. So, so the early days was all about that, sort of defining product market fit, understanding mm-hmm. how, how the prospects think about it, talk about it, um, and also like what the value statement is to them mm-hmm. and in their language. Um, that was probably the first year of the company yeah. <laughs> was dealing with, with that. I mean, it was, you know, we kept, I can't tell you how many iterations of slogans and and wording that we went through to, to define, uh, to, to get to where we are today, which yeah. is just, we pay people to exercise really right. simple, but right. it didn't used to be that way. I mean, that's, it's getting a lot of market feedback and, and I think that's, that's great. I mean, that's a big part of the process is getting is your, from your market research is finding out what, um, what people, you know, what, what keywords or what, uh, what people use in their vocabulary when they describe that and uh, getting in front of the now you mentioned LinkedIn were you connecting when when you were using LinkedIn which I think is a great idea were you using that to connect with executives for these particular companies that you were reaching out to and how were you able to do that yeah so in in the, I'd say you know we initially started really targeted but then we we did try other other segments as well so so overwhelmingly what we were reaching out to was HR managers and directors or CEOs, CFOs, and COOs uh, of, as long, and again, in, in sort of these mid-sized companies, you know, we're not like reaching out to this, trying to reach out to the CEO of Pfizer or something. Right. Which would probably be pretty impossible. Pretty impossible. Yeah, I, uh, I would say that'd be very difficult. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what we did instead was we, you know, we go through LinkedIn, we do sort of these targeted, you know, LinkedIn has tools to, to be able to target your search down by employer size and position mm-hmm. and all these types of things. Um, We'd find these lists, you know, hung down these lists, and then we just work through them one by one. And you know, you can 
it was it was basically anything that would work. So sometimes people, especially in the HR space, will list their email address right on their LinkedIn profile because they're they're trying to recruit people for positions and and so that ended up being a great avenue for us to to get email addresses and, and get in touch with and people. reach out to them. Yeah, uh, yeah. If not that, then you know sometimes you can uh, sometimes you can get the you can just Google and find an email address. Yeah. Other times you do the you know the LinkedIn connection right. or send email or or whatever. I mean, you know, we tried phone calls, cold calls, and and uh, we even tried like going. <laughs> we just show up in some in an office and <laughs> say, "Hey, you know, we've got hey, this great thing." Sometimes we, it we works. Talk, talk yeah, yeah, that one actually did not work. Oh well, uh, that bombed pretty pretty spectacularly given the, the time input versus right. output. But, but in, so what? Well, probably has to find out. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. You got to test, test, test. So what was probably the most effective is emailing, um, asking for some time, you know, just for a, a chance to just meet with them uh, and, and take a little bit of their time to uh, tell them what this is about. And more or less, you know, people use the word pitch all the time. And it's kind of it, it's sometimes it's used to them. You know, people think of it in a negative way. But that's in other words, what you're doing is you're pitching your um, pitching your company. So in other words, you were, you know, emailing them out asking for a little bit of time so you can kind of present what you all do. Yeah, exactly. And you got to you got to try to hit on um, some, some points that you think will get will, will resonate. Right. Yeah, so right. we were a very early stage startup. So we, we really hit on the things that we thought that we found out that HR people would care about, which mm-hmm. is basically saying, look, our, we're early stage startup. We're, we said, we're not actually, we're not looking to make any sales. We just want to talk. We want sure. to learn. Um, we'd explain sort of, you know, we're part of blueprint health, which, which gave us some legitimacy. Uh, and we'd say like, we really want your opinion because our goal is to make people healthier, right? We're, we're trying to improve lives. We're trying to, to make a difference and, and, by talking to you, we think that there, we could learn quite a bit about the space and what would be helpful. And that happened to resonate very well with our target demographic sure. because, because the, you know, a lot of times HR people feel overworked and underappreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, they're sort of at a cost center in the company, right? Yep. They're, you know, they're not value added. They're man, you know, maintaining the, the employee workforce. So, so I think, having the opportunity to be heard, having in, input on a, on a product like this, um, it resonated well. And our response rate was, was quite high uh, in the early days with that. Plus, you didn't come across, it, it sounds to me like what you're saying, you didn't come across from a, you weren't selling anything. You wanted to get some feedback and you wanted to just talk to them initially. So it kind of took a lot of the um, defenses down, more or less, probably, just to get that meeting to just talk. And then, again, having the um the company that obviously was helping to back you being able to use that name probably was beneficial as well exactly exactly so, yeah we, we established legitimacy uh and, and and really dismantled those defenses and and for the most part it was true you know we weren't we didn't even have a product to sell yet so it's not like i could sign him up right away yeah um but but we but, you know of course our first customers came out of those meetings because you know, once once we discuss it with them and we get their input and, we, and and there's an alignment there, and it's sort of a natural progression into into uh, you know when can I have this? When can I use it? So plus they can't feel like they're part. Out. They're kind of involved. You know that that early stage where you're they're saying, well, yeah, can we do this or can we do this? And um, so they feel like they're kind of a part of it. 
So, so once you, you know, once you establish kind of that sales and marketing plan, what was the next step? You had to kind of get that foundation first and get some market feedback and get some people on board. What was the next step as, as far as putting this all in place by now? You, you know, as you mentioned, you've got some uh, business partners. Um, so w- what do you do next when you've established, okay, yeah, there is a great interest in this. What, where do we go next? Yeah. So, you know, over the course of this time, our CTO was working on, on building the minimum viable product and leveraging all the feedback we were getting. So uh, we basically just, uh, you know, the, the sales discussions or sort of those, those early prospecting discussions, there were few of them that wanted to try it. Um, and so we put them on a free, on a free trial of our, of our first iteration product. Um, and I remember the go live day, which is, uh, you know, January 1, 2014, we were launching right over, right over New Year's, probably the most stressful New Year's I've ever had. Um, <laughs> and we, and we were, so we were, you know, we, we got everything together and, and we were, we had been testing it vigorously, but you just, you know, until you get your first users on it, you just don't know. Right. And, uh, and we've been spending, you know, at this point we were, uh, six, seven months into, into it. And, uh, so yeah, we launched, we launched it for the, 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 the free trial and we just, uh, immediately we, we got like a ton of emails from, from users. So what we, what we didn't completely realize was that when we were launching this free, the free trial, the users also kind of knew like they were also involved mm-hmm. in, it was sort of that same feeling of like, Oh, this is a brand new product. And, we're here to, to, to stress test it, to like give feedback and all that. So we got like an am- amazing amount of users like emailing us and talking to us and giving us uh, feedback. And then we spent like immediately we went into product iteration mode. We were pushing updates uh, into the system like right. multiple times a day, right. you know, just really, really trying to hone all that feedback. And, you know, quite honestly, as, as time has progressed and we've gotten more users, we still try to maintain the same philosophy. Um, we're probably a lot less approachable now because, you know, in those days we, we knew pretty much all of the users by name. Um, but nowadays, you know, we've got, uh, over 30,000 users in the system. Obviously yeah. we don't know them by name, right. <laughs> um, but we still sort of maintain that feel to it as well as we're, we're prompting users for feedback. Every email we send out has a link to a feedback form and we're, we're trying to always iterate on that, on that product. But, but generally speaking, we, you know, to, to answer your, your high-level question, we spent the next year and change uh, really focused on honing the product, mm-hmm. and we spent we, we put more energy into the product than we did into uh, marketing, mm-hmm. especially like inbound marketing. We basically just continued doing outbound marketing. We right. we didn't really do content marketing. We didn't really have a blog. We didn't you know we like had a Facebook page, and every once in a while we post something on it, but, right. but that was it. And and uh, in retrospect, that that might have been a mistake. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I think you know, we we took the philosophy of we wanted to sort of bootstrap the yeah. company. We didn't want to take that much money, and so we didn't have a budget for figuring out marketing. And instead, we figured, well, we can keep doing this sort of like emailing people, 
in New York thing and, and probably get to our first 50 to 100 clients that way and, right. and really focus on product and, and then we'll circle back to marketing. Uh, a lot of companies do that. I mean, they think, well, we'll put that off down the road until we get we get established and we get, you know, we really mm-hmm. make those connections and build those initial clients or, or those initial customers that that are kind of our base then we'll then we'll work on that exactly <laughs> the problem is that content marketing takes so long it does to get going yep. and it takes so long to build your brand um, that is that if you delay then you end up just you know you basically have lost all that time and right. you start fresh you do get some benefits in that you probably know your target segments a bit better you probably have a better idea of your personas and whatnot but but you're still like when, so like we started that basically this year, um, mm-hmm. cause you know, like two years into the company, almost we started our inbound marketing effort and, right. uh, and it's it, that I would, I think what that did was it, it didn't let us ever scale exponentially before. So, right. so we want to, you know, you want to have that like hockey stick growth curve, mm-hmm. but you're not going to have that unless you have content and, and inbound marketing in general. Right. Without bad marketing, you're going to scale linearly, basically. The more energy you put in, the more you get out. Um, whereas with, with inbound, you can have that exponential scaling, which which is going to generate significantly yep. higher profits over time. So what are the things that you're primarily doing in terms of inbound marketing? Yeah, so that's, that's a great question. I think uh, in a lot of ways, we're still figuring that out. I mean, like I said, we started that you know, this year. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we're, we're a three-year-old company, so this is we're not... Uh, we haven't had time to figure out all of this stuff yet, but right. you know, where, where we're starting is basically um, is a few things. So first off is uh, we're working with fitness facilities. Mm-hmm. Um, the general idea is we want to get in front of HR managers and, and decision makers when they're getting ready to implement these types of programs. And overwhelmingly the way these programs work today is that they, you know, the HR person will go to the local LA fitness or 24 hour fitness or whatever and see what they've got going on. Mm-hmm. So like they don't even know that a program like this could exist online. Right. right. It's not, not for your first thought. Right. So, so what we're doing is, uh, is working with fitness facilities and trying to, to be helpful to both the facilities and the employers in running these types of programs. Sure. Um, you know, the facilities want people to, to exercise, right? The more people that exercise, the more, clients they get and, right. and that's actually what the employers want but they're in, when they work directly together they're sort of missing out on a lot of things so mm-hmm. you know you typically don't go to the, the employer goes to 24 hour fitness but what about the yoga what about the crossfit the runners the cyclers oh, yeah. all the other types of activities um and so that ends up getting lower engagement for the employer and uh it, it ends up hurting the, the gyms as well because now the uh, the employees don't have access to, to what they want and the, and the program doesn't really get the attention it deserves inside mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so with our system, we, we, we sort of are trying to figure out ways that we can help them both out, right? So how do we get more people exercising, which in the end benefits the fitness facilities as well as the employers. Right. So that's one avenue. Um, we're also, you know, content marketing is something we're, we're you know, scaling up our blog and sort of thought leadership in general um, is a piece that we're scaling up right now. So there'll be more of that coming. Um, and then of course, uh, like SEO and just making right. sure that when someone Googles, you know, gym reimbursement, that incentive is, is one of the first uh, results that comes up. So how do you, as a company, how do you profit 
or how do you get paid? Is this through the company or through the, the companies that you work with, or is it through the gym facilities from the business that you're sending them? Yeah. Yeah. We, we charge the companies on a per employee per month okay. basis. So it's anywhere from 50 cents to $2 per employee per month, depending on what they're, uh, on what services they're buying. Okay. And, uh, and then they, they you know, the, the employers get access to the full system, Sure. which which uh, which boosts their engagement, and so the, you know the key metric for success in in this in, in the wellness industry in general is engagement. So, how many employees are actually participating and making mm-hmm. use of it? Because if, it, if it's a benefit that no one's using, then it's not very beneficial. Right. Uh, so, in the, in the wellness space, we get about thirty percent on average. The average wellness company, if they get thirty percent engagement per year, uh, that's considered to be doing well above right. average. Right. Um, and, and what we found with our program is that we're actually getting about 80% engagement on an annual basis. Oh, wow. And 55% on a monthly basis. So that's, and that's 55% on a monthly basis is what we care about because it's not, I mean, if you think about your exercise habit, right, being, being active once or twice in the year doesn't really do anything. You need to have an active lifestyle. Like, you, you, you know, bike to work. Right. Well, you know, go to the gym on a regular basis, go on mm-hmm. runs. It's not just a one-time thing. It's it's a way of living. Mm-hmm. And so we really focus on engaging on a monthly basis because if we can get people to engage month after month after month after month, then that's what creates that habit change and creates that healthy lifestyle. And that's how you create the return on invest for, for the company. What would you say on average is the typical number of employees that they have? You know, what is the size? Yeah, I think our median number is about 300 employees. Okay. Okay, so that's pretty but our, decent our size. Smallest, our smallest group is, is six employees, and our largest is uh, over 8,000. So what is the incentive for them? Is this similar back to what we were talking at the beginning with the gym that you, what are the incentives that are laid out for them to, to go to and start taking part in a healthier lifestyle? Yeah, so the most common ones, so each company has their own mm-hmm. uh, incentives okay. plan and, and we, we work with them to customize it. Um, the most common ones are basically these four. It's, it's attendance at a fitness facility. So, you know, for example, $3 per visit. Um, it's steps taken walking. So an example would be, you know, a dollar for every day that you take over 10,000 steps. Uh, it's miles running. So maybe a dollar for every mile that you run, and miles cycled. Say again, as an example, fifty cents per mile cycled. Okay. And then there's always a cap on it because you know you know you want to limit the spend. So an example cap would be, uh, you know, thirty dollars a month as a maximum earning, and uh, three hundred dollars a year. As a maximum learning. So this technology, I mean, as far as the app goes, it sounds like it, I mean, it, it's more than just a check-in. You can also monitor the running. It, it's not just at the gym. It's for any, any extracurricular exercise or a- activity that is beneficial for that employee. Exactly. I mean, uh, you know, an active lifestyle means different things for different yep. people. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been a lot of, you know, there's always fitness fads and, and, you know, group fitness in general is huge right now. Uh, like Soul Cycle and all these types of things. So we wanted to really work with all of them. We, like we didn't want to dictate to people, hey, in order to be healthy, you need to do this today, right? That's right. not that's not really the idea. It's, right. it's you find what what makes you happy, right? So 
so in a lot of ways, wellness is its own reward, right? You, you don't, if you're exercising, then you know the value of this. You sure. Know, you know the effect yeah. it has on your on your day to day. So we're not trying to to get in the way of that. We're trying to work with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so that's why you know we we integrate with like forty different apps and devices like Fitbits and Apple Watch. Yeah, and very cool. Google Fit and you know dozens of them. Um, so whatever you have, basically, we want to we want to track your your mileage, caloric burn, other types of things like that. Through that, and, and you know, that works if you're playing soccer in a team, or uh, if you're walking the dog, or if you're running a marathon. Right, it works across the full spectrum right. of activity levels. Um, and same with the fitness facility tracking. You know, you can go to any type of fitness facility, uh, and we can reward for it. We can even reward different amounts for different types, or disable certain types for you know for. Uh, for certain clients, so, so we give them, we give the clients a tremendous amount of flexibility over how they want to administer these programs, and that's how we're really able to sort of meet budgetary concerns around this. Uh, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, like the average company does a reward of about two hundred and fifty to five hundred dollars per employee per year maximum spend, and out of when you when you sort of work the math back because this is activity based, right? There's right. a bunch of employees who aren't going to get it because they're not exercising. So, sure. so the cost of the employer is nearly zero. But when you, so when you work it all back in terms of the average utilization rates, uh, our average client is spending $9 per employee per month on incentives and rewards mm-hmm. and an additional dollar in, in our administrative fee. So about $10 per employee per month to offer a program like this with a $300 annual reward to all of your employees, yeah. you know, c- compare that to the the spend on your salary, on, the, on any employee's given salary in that same time period, it's it's less than one percent. And for those employees that are exercising, you're, I mean, from personal experience, I think a lot of us know that you're getting more than a one percent boost in productivity, yeah, and absolutely, and happiness and attention and all those things. So the the value statement is pretty clear yeah. for most of our. With the uh, had all the the uh, new healthcare law changes and it's affected a lot of a lot of companies, especially those with more than fifty employees. I would think that this would be beneficial in that regard. That you're saying, listen, healthcare costs are climbing, and but this is a good incentive. You know, you're telling them, listen, you know, we want to incentivize our employees to live healthier lifestyles so that they don't have to. You know, they're not having to go to the doctor every you know, every week, live a healthier lifestyle. It's all about, it's not about treating the, the symptom, but it's about getting to the root of the matter, which is, you know, overall health and, and lifestyle. Exactly. That's, that's spot on. And, uh, and, and these programs are effective. I mean, there's tons of research that shows sort of the health effect of exercise. It's not, it's not a disputed idea. Um, it's pretty cut and dry. And, and, uh, you know, one of that actually, it's interesting that you say that because what, what we've seen is sort of the biggest effect of healthcare reform is the change to, uh, to the way that, that insurance pay providers and, and insurance companies and, and providers are sort of thinking about healthcare, right? It's yeah. all preventative. Right. right? right. Yep. And that's where we've actually been targeting insurance companies as well as clients mm-hmm. to, to offer a solution like this to all of their insurers and, um, you know, we're, we're proud to say that we're we're going to be going live with our first insurance carrier in January one of 2017, and that'll bring uh, you know 120,000 new users into the system, getting wow. paid uh, 
$400 per year for exercise directly from their insurance company. Uh, just for just for focusing on on their fitness and health. I'm a huge fan of always incentivizing, and I know this works for for a fact. You know, I I bought my my wife a few weeks ago. I bought her a Fitbit, and she loves it. And she finds herself being more active because she loves the data. She loves tracking the data all the time. It's addicting, you know, because she's like competing with herself every day and wanting to, um, you know, track what she's doing, those calories and that, that have been burned and that exercise and the steps and all of that stuff. It's, it's really does incentivize people to, to put more into it because they can see the raw data right in front of them at the end of the day on their phone, which is pretty cool. I think you actually hit on something really key there is, you know, so far we've really focused on extrinsic benefits. So so giving people money, there's also that intrinsic benefit. Absolutely. Yep. The compete, the competition, the mm-hmm. sort of you know feeling of reward, and and we we just uh, we recently launched a product for that as well. It's still it's still in the early stages, but the idea is is we're going to create competition amongst employees. Right. So what we're doing is we're grouping employees, so we know which employees take three to four thousand steps a day, right. compared to the ones that take seven to eight thousand, compared to the ones that bike, compared to the ones that yoga, yep. so on and so forth, and we're grouping them into their own. Uh, groups and then creating challenges for each group. And in each group, there's only a handful of people, right? Let's say 10 to 30 people. You, the employees tend to know one each other and mm-hmm. they tend to be equally matched. Right. So what that does is it creates a perfect framework for competition. Absolutely. So now you're going to go take more steps because you want to go beat Joe in accounting <laughs> and you know you can. It's true. <laughs> it's true. People laugh, but it, it's it's very effective. It works because people are naturally, yeah. they, they, you know, and you're seeing a lot of this and in, in all different corporate levels from, uh, they call, you know, a lot of people call it the gamification of, of um, you know, processes that they want to put in place. And I'm sure, it's, you know, as a, a former, you know, with your background in engineering and so forth, you see, you're probably seeing a lot of this in other organizations where they're using this as incentive models to, and, and it works. I mean, the, the data, the, the raw data shows that this, this, this model works because people, people are, uh, you know, to a degree, they're competitive with people that are equal to their level. So they want to, they want to beat the next person. And, and, um, so I, I think this is very, very powerful. I love what you're doing. And, um, I love the whole concept of uh, incent fit, Gabe, and I really b- appreciate you coming on today and sharing a little bit about your company and, and, uh, where can people find out more if they, you know, companies, people, business owners that are listening, want to find out more about incent fit, what is the best way to find out more and to uh, give it a try? Just go to incentfit.com. That's I N C E N T F I T.com. And uh, you can read about it, read all about it there, and then uh, you can just hit get started, and uh, you'll be able to schedule some time to talk to one of our sales reps. Again, he is Gabe uh, Priev. He is the founder and CEO of Incent Fit. Gabe, thanks so much for joining me today and coming on, and and uh, really do appreciate your time. I look forward to getting this out to our listeners. Yeah, thank you very much, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Absolutely. 